0: Jesus Christ, Doc, you disintegrated Einstein! Disintegrated
1: Einstein! Einstein. Welcome to Science at the Movies, a podcast that looks at the role of science in some of our best loved and most hated movies. I'm Abby.
0: I'm Frida. And this week we are talking about
1: 2009's moon. Woo. I don't know why. It is I a would. big. Woohoo. Well, um, it's a big. Well, yeah. It, I mean, it, it is a big one, but before we even ask each other how we are, do you have a disclaimer for this episode that you wanted to give?
0: Do I have a disclaimer?
1: Yeah. No. A uh, Kevin spacey-shaped disclaimer. <laughs> I thought we were not going to mention his uh, well, w- well we have to mention his name because he is in it he is in the movie but we can do, a, we can do a, what I refer to as the RuPaul Drag Race disclaimer he's in it, we recognise he's in it but we don't want to discount everything else that is wonderful about this movie because yes. of this one person so from here on in we shall never refer to him but we will refer to Gertie okay he's cancelled from our podcast fantastic so now that that's out of the way how the hell are you
0: oh I'm really good because this podcast has given me a new lease on life because it's given me reasons to stay home all weekend even though we're (laughs) all allowed to now see our friends I tell everybody I'm really sorry I need to work on my podcast (laughs) <laughs> so this has just given me all sorts of reasons to not have to go outside
1: well this so. is just a follow-on from yeah your your love of the lockdown and your fear of returning to normal because you just enjoy life so much in lockdown yeah
0: and and everything's sort of gone to extra shit since last time we recorded as well
1: yes yes yeah, there's, there's a whole
0: lot happening it's like some sort of perfect storm um all the more reason to stay indoors yeah, for me. And, um,
1: i mean, make 24 cupcakes and eat four of them.
0: Uh, scones for me, actually. <laughs> I've put butter in the fridge tonight because scones is what's happening for me tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna edit this tomorrow with scones. Oh, um, yeah.
1: You know, you've got to find your comfort somewhere. Oh, well, I've been trying to be really good because it's summer. It's heading into summer over here. So I've been trying to focus a little bit more on salads. But um, yeah, no, yesterday I just decided, hey... I want some chocolate chip cupcakes, and then.
0: Do you mean like you want trying to get your bikini body ready?
1: Oh yeah, is I'm totally getting my summer, bikini remember? body ready. I'm ready for the beach. Let's go.
0: <laughs> yeah. There is get, no. I'm just trying to get. be. No,
1: I'm at the level now. I'm at lockdown level where I'm just trying to fit back into my tracksuit pants. Like <laughs> <just> that bad. <laughs> yeah. I miss. I, I miss activity yeah. so much. right so um yeah that's oh actually speaking about that and you know we've started our chat about lockdown again because i was thinking about this actually the fact is we record in advance so we're currently in a pandemic things have changed in australia and some restrictions have lifted a lot more i think restaurants are opening over there now they haven't opened here yet but it made me wonder what the future will be like because Mm. Right now, that's what our restrictions are. But when this episode actually comes out, who knows what the world's going to be? Everything and might change. Changing so much. We have no idea. It changes so quickly every week. So by the time yeah. this comes out, I could be in the park. I could be at work. I could be in a restaurant. I could be at the movies at a cinema with popcorn. <gasps> when do you think that's going to happen? Who knows? What a time to be alive! I'm excited.
0: We <laughs> are basically time travelers, we aren't are.
1: we? Yeah, I'm sure We're that's how it We're a podcast.
0: <laughs> We're basically time travellers. Yeah. In a sense. I can't, I can't, I don't quite know how that works, but I'll think about no, it some yeah, more tonight.
1: No, not like that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure we'll come to it. There there are many movies where this topic is going to come up, but not this movie. So speaking of, you had the movie choice this week. Uh, you said you needed oh, a I palette did. cleanser. You opted for the oh Duncan Jones directed movie Moon. And would you like to tell us all about this movie and its characters?
0: I'm so excited. Do you know I wasn't going to pick this movie, but I blurted it out at the end of the Spectral episode because it just couldn't. I just needed to watch something good. Oh, I just God. said Moon. I wasn't planning on it at all. Um, but for me, Moon is um, one of the best science fiction movies of the past twenty years, I would say, and it and it did something for a kind of intelligent. Uh, science fiction movies as well i think it brought in a little bit of change and after the, after moon it, it um it, i think it was responsible to a degree for the movie district nine i think sort of another intelligent sci-fi movies where they take science fiction ideas where they just use them as a backdrop for human stories so moon is one of those movies it was directed by duncan jones and the screenplay was by nathan parker and the music I saw this movie once um, a while ago when it was in cinemas, and that soundtrack by Clint Mansell has had such an impact on me until today. I listen to it often. It's sublime. It's absolutely sublime. Let's get into the plot. So Sam Bell, nearing the end of his PhD. I'm joking. (laughs) Just joking. Okay, before I get into the plot... We need to talk about spoilers, because we're about to spoil the movie.
1: I mean, okay, if you movie... don't know that listening, <laughs> if you've got to listen to a podcast that's talking about a movie, I would hope you would have listened to the movie. <laughs> so, so turn it off, I go think... watch the movie, and then come back.
0: Watch it. <laughs> I recommend that you watch this movie before listening to us talk about it. If you don't ever intend to watch it, and you just want to hear our dulcet tones then (laughs) proceed no problem we're here to entertain but we are about to spoil this movie it deserves a viewing without having spoiled it i've watched it twice now and the second viewing is also good so it doesn't ruin it but you deserve to watch it once without knowing what's going on i would say so let's get into the plot It, it stars sam rockwell who plays sam bell so we meet him against the backdrop of this amazing score. And the score indicates to us that he, the daily drone of his life its repetitive. And it goes on and on and on and on and on. And he's nearing the end of a three-year mining contract for a company called Lunar Industries. So he's on the moon. He's mining helium-3 on the dark side of the moon. So apparently they only need uh, one man to man the station, and is helped by what appears to be an artificially intelligent computer called Gertie, wink, Um, and Gertie reminds us a lot of HAL 9000 from 2001, a space odyssey. Speaking of space odyssey, did you know that Duncan Jones is the son of, who's his father, do you know? Yes. David Bowie. David
1: Bowie. Yeah, Um, his actual name is Zowie Bowie, I think.
0: Jesus. So it's, a, it's stylish. And it's also speaking of Space Odyssey, I mean, I feel like stylistically it's definitely inspired by um, two thousand one Space Odyssey. So Sam Bell is mining for three years. He's nearing the end of his contract. He's got two weeks left until he's, um, before he's allowed to go home. He has a really nice chair. He has some slippers, some moccasins. He's got some hobbies to keep him busy. Um, so the live communications are not working. So he has to send and receive pre-recorded messages to and from his wife. And he has an infant daughter as well. She appears to be like three at the time, um, that we begin the movie. Um, and sort of things start to seem a little bit off and he appears to be going mad. He's seeing things and, and now we're going to spoil it because, um, as things start to go Um, start to go awry, he has to face his predicament, which is, in fact, he is not Sam Bell. There was a Sam Bell, but he is actually a clone of Sam Bell. And Lunar Industries, instead of shipping people back and forth to the moon, have decided to keep a supply of clones uh, on the moon. Um, And because of some sort of errors, some mutations in the clones the clones only last about three years so after three years they start to kind of malfunction and decompose at which point they pretend that they're sending them back to earth they incinerate them or freeze them whatever they're doing and wake up a new clone so sam meets one of his clones uh there's a little dance break (laughs) they have a dance break And at one point he's finally able to call home, only to find out that his daughter is actually now a teenager, and it's Effie from Skins, hey. and that his wife has died, and Effie from Skins, yeah, she's a teenage girl, not three, and his wife is dead. And to make things even worse, Sam Bell is still on earth, because she calls out to her father. It's really devastating, and I'm very sorry for Sam Bell. And the Sams band together and they totally ripped the shit up for Lunar Industries at the end of the movie. Um, I would say this is a beautiful film. I love this movie. It was such a pleasure to watch it again. And Abby, did you like this movie?
1: I had never seen it. I was slightly hesitant to watch it but only because I tend to be hesitant to watch anything that I think is going to have very serious undertones because I'm just That's right. weird about it. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> I loved it. I absolutely <laughs> loved it. I think it is a perfect movie and I love Sam Rockwell anyway, but I right now just need to mm. say how much I love Sam Rockwell. And how underrated he is in general, I think, as an actor. And how this movie should have gotten a lot more recognition than I think it did. Yeah, It's wonderful. Completely wonderful. I really, really enjoyed it. And thank you so much for picking it and making me watch it. Oh my god,
0: you're so welcome. Did you know it was written for Sam Rockwell?
1: I read something about... That, that he was, yeah, that they, I think what I read was that there was an idea pitched to Sam and that Sam Rockwell mm-hmm. was kind of like, well, I'm not really kind of into that. So then he went off and came back with a different concept.
0: Yeah, well, it was because Duncan Jones went on to do Mute and, and Mute actually has in it, snuck into Mute is the epilogue of Moon. There's a scene in Mute where the main character is in a in a diner, and there's news showing, and it's actually a congressional hearing with Sam Bell giving yeah. testimony to the to Congress, with like thirty clones sitting behind him, all like heckling him. I'm Sam yeah. Bell. Get on with it. <laughs> it's just all Sam Rockwell. That's great. Back. The thing I that the, I think seen, the most
1: I haven't seen Mute, yeah. but I did read yeah. that it is the intention is is that there's three movies. Altogether, uh, within this kind of universe. I think it's similar universe, to maybe like the Cloverfield uh, type stuff. I you know, know, there's separate movies being made, but they actually take different parts from other Cloverfield movies because they're supposed to be a part of this main idea. So as far as I'm aware, there's a third one that's supposed to be out this year, which is called Maddy Once Upon a Time in the Future. And then that's supposed to oh. be the conclusion trilogy. I don't know. I'm guessing it's going to be on Netflix because Netflix was the one who re- who released Mute. But um, mm. I haven't... I don't, I don't know anything more about it. But, yeah, so... Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I think the most... For me, the most interesting thing about Moon is the casting of Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Because he's so clearly... He's like a blue-collar worker, in a sense. Do you know what I mean? They could have yeah. gone with someone a little bit more... Do you know these movies where they have, like... Gosh, these this big shot actors, Sandra Bullock, George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Matthew <coughs> Matthew McConaughey, deciding to do sciencey movies and kind of going, oh yeah, I'm doing a science movie now. Look at me getting all sciencey, getting all fancy. And Hathaway. And I love that they just went with blue collared dude. Yeah. Just pressing away at buttons and collecting the shit and doing the work. And they yeah. didn't have an actor in there who tried to get all. You know, clever on us. Like I really appreciated that he was just this dude, just doing hard, repetitive work, isolated. Yeah, Um, Yeah, and uh, it's interesting.
1: Yeah, I because I wrote down somewhere. um, I'm just trying to check my notes. Damn. Mm -mm. Uh, But just this idea that like it was. uh, I wrote there was a sense of realism and mundanity that they brought mm-hmm. to space and it was just yeah. like just the, yes. the normal kind of idea of like oh so we had mining but yes. now we have mining in space and what yes. would mining in space look like and mining. it's yeah and it's like so you still have this type of a worker and it's just yeah. the dude and he goes out there and he does the job but it's just the equipment that he's using is just more advanced than what he had been using and he happens to yeah. be on the moon not underground yes so yeah yes. and i really felt that vibe from them the whole way yeah. through where it was just like you know it's a
0: shit job yeah it's, it's like a when bat- he goes out job. in the in
1: yeah. the, it's like he's driving a truck you know when he goes out in the rig to collect yeah. the you the, the, <laughs> right. say the load and he's there and he's like in his yeah. long johns with some weird cap from under his spacesuit like just on and he's just <laughs> there and he's just like chilling back as if he's in like a lorry like just a big rig truck yes. driver dude and yeah, That's right. I really enjoyed that because it was, I suppose if you think about that, it, it is a similar thing to like truck drivers or to oil rig workers, you know, mm-hmm. they go for a certain period of time, they do their job and then they come home and the whole time they're away, they're, well, a, a truck driver especially, they're working alone, they're pretty mm-hmm. isolated in their kind of boring mundaneness of what they're doing and they're still trying to maintain their relationships at home from a distance.
0: That's right. So or FIFO workers. Yeah, he's like FIFO, fly in fly out mining workers. And you know, or yeah, or people that are driving huge trucks for big companies. Yeah. Um and the even the the machinery looks sort of like a combine. Yeah. It's obviously doing some refining as well. Oh. Um but it looks like a combine the way it's just like on the moon surface of the moon, spitting up all the moon dust and like getting the helium 3. Um and and, and, uh, and like one of the first things I noticed on the second viewing was like I love when he puts his spacesuit on and it's like filthy it's like a yeah. filthy spacesuit yeah it's I not like shiny it's just yourself. a dirty spacesuit yeah he's just like I'm here I'm a shitty job on the moon you know it really felt like the future in a sense like this person's envisioning something um, super real about the future you know it's it, it's not glamorous it's a, sh- a job no one wants to do. It's, yeah. a, it's a job for a, a blue-collar contractor who's been paid good enough money to be away from his family for three years. and um, it, Although that's set up as a hyper-realism, hyper mm. um, it so, it's just so cool. And it's the same thing with District 9, just to draw that comparison to this like hyper-realism hyper as well. Yeah. The aliens land, right? They're just exhausted, diseased, they're malnourished aliens landing on Earth with nowhere to go. And so they end up having to live in slums. And yeah. it just feels like... A more modern telling of a science fiction movies which is more in line with like our human experience yeah it, it isn't it, it, it i guess it's it, it might be a little bit dystopian if i really think about it you know mm-hmm. but um it's it's a lot of fun it's so much fun did the music just do, do anything for you oh,
1: i wrote i wrote a note about the music i actually just wrote in general my idea about the um just the atmosphere I just said like the way that they use the camera motions like the vibrations and stuff and then hmm. I just wrote the soundscapes for the mining segments I really like yeah. I don't have as much connection to music in terms of I mean I you play piano you play classical piano right yeah yeah so my concept of music is more just kind of like hey that sounded kind of cool I've been trying to yeah. to play the guitar for years and it's not going well but still but <laughs> yeah I just I did feel it I felt it when whenever he went out and the music just really seemed to kind of fill the whole space it's like he's in this desolate area but the music just made it very kind of like intense Mm. and I really enjoyed that but um what did you think then about the when we kind of realized what was going on Mm. you know there there was a lot of kind of stuff at the beginning about what could possibly be happening what's What are we doing here you know why Mm -hmm. are we watching this dude on this station what's going to happen what's the moment where something's going to change and then the thing did change which was with the crash (sighs) and where where did where did your thought because i wrote down i'll tell you mine in a minute i wrote down bullet points as i was watching the movie of my thought process of what i thought the movie was Uh, about so interesting
0: (laughs) yeah Tell them, please, yeah. what was... Because it's a second viewing for me. It's like oh, a totally gosh. different experience. Oh, okay. I, tell me what it was like for you,
1: please. I wrote down... So there. there's a phase where... So it kind of... I had a couple of thoughts at the beginning where I was just like, oh, the isolation and he's cracking up a little bit. But I was like, but he's only got two weeks before he goes home. So it can't be a movie about him going crazy. Because... Mm. I don't know. I mean, after three years, maybe you would. But at the same time, I was like, if you've got two weeks left, would you not just be like ticking down the hours going, let's, let's get out of here. But from the moment he woke up on the hospital bed. So after the crash yes. and he wakes up on the, and I say hospital in inverted commas, cause on the space station, he wakes up on the bed and Gertie is next to him. From that moment up until we kind of realize what's going on. This is my exact like stream of consciousness thoughts that I was writing down. Was he going mad? Wait, the satellite's working. It's conspiracy. This is really creepy. Is it a Truman show situation? Is he dead? Why the sabotage? He's less than two weeks from going home to his wife and kid. Why does he want to get outside so badly? Surely there's cameras in the corridors watching him doing all of this. Wait, there's a body in the wheel thing. There's two of them. Are they clones? Are they robots? Is it like fight club? Maybe it's a weird time overlap. Sam at the beginning and at the end of his mission. Yes. Oh, okay. Ah. They're clones. Loved yeah. the ping pong scene. What is it's, this thing?
0: It's a maze such a good twist. That ping pong table, my thought of the ping pong table was because they they trudged a ping pong table up there for one person. <laughs> I never Seriously? He that. could have used a wall. He could've played squash <laughs> against himself. That seems that would have been the that should have been the giveaway for him that he was a clone. <laughs> Why is it, but when I was watching it the second time and I I knew, so for me, I was sitting with amazement going like, I do remember when I first watched this and not having any idea. And when he, so so what happens, we haven't made this clear, but the Sam who's like deteriorating rapidly, he crashes, a huge crash. And he appears to be heavily injured. And that's when they decide to wake up a new clone. And they basically bring over a a rescue team from Earth who's going to clean up the crash. That's kind of what's happening. So it's a race for the the new Sam to get to the crash site to extract his clone. But he doesn't
1: know about it.
0: He doesn't know about it, but he knows something is up because he's not being allowed outside. Gertie's being super weird. There's stuff happening, so he sort of tricks Gertie into letting him outside and finds. And he goes in there and he finds himself. And I think that they're sending people from Earth to clean it up because usually what they because what turns out what they usually do when the clones start to deteriorate they go okay going back to Earth now in a little thing we're going to put you to cryogenic sleep and then they kill him.
1: Yeah, get into a little stage. So this one crashed. And then just incineration. Yeah, but the thing with trying to get outside is what I took from it was that like he's just he's a bit newer, so he's a bit more arrogant. So like his reasoning for trying to get outside is because he's just like, oh, I can do this. Like stopping such a yeah. jerk. Why you let me out? Just let me go out and do it. So he doesn't intentionally go looking for the clone. He just kind of finds it, and then yeah. that's when we get our whole consciousness of what the hell is happening. Yeah. And then I
0: also. Yeah, the, the the differences between the new—I mean, the way Sam Rockwell yeah. plays the different Sams—I mean, it's just so good. So the new Sam is is cleaner. He's more mm-hmm. he's more uh, he's got more attitude. He's a little bit sharper, and the old Sam is just totally falling to pieces. Yeah, and the way he plays them differently—I mean, it's just the, the entire physicality. The way the guy even stands up against the wall, crossing his arms, sort of watching with the sunglasses on,
1: you yeah. know, and
0: then. It's just He plays it so well I mean there's no question At I, any point In the movie About which one is which
1: Which is interesting Because I read an article Where Duncan Jones Said that he was Initially really concerned About that people Wouldn't know Which clone which clone was which And I was like mm. There was never a moment I ever was confused No
0: No and, and the way Sam deteriorates more and more It's kind of almost A little bit hilarious Yeah The way every time You see him He's just He's just getting worse And worse and worse And he's like He's literally breaking down yeah. It's it's just amazing.
1: But in terms of what your personal feelings on themes and tropes were, what was your trope of the week?
0: I have a trope of the week, but I wanna say there's anti-trope of the week as well. Okay. Yes.
1: Okay. Because this
0: movie does a couple of these and one stands out really well. Not a trope of the week, is that the computer is not bad. Ah, <gasps> right I mean we're expecting that computer to become (laughs) sinister we're expecting the computer this is my not trope of the week and then I do have a trope of the week we expect the computer to be sinister he is deliberately invoking hell from 2001 yeah right and then he just tells him he just tells him the truth and helps him
1: okay so that's interesting because yeah he just helps him something this is essentially what my trope was bad computer so yeah bad just kind of ai in general as sentient beings in sci-fi movies mm. and just this concept that like if you have an ai being that they have to like that they have to have their own intelligence and their own ideas and their own um motives yeah and that the gertie would be on the side of the company so he would be trying to subvert everything from sam But it's not it's just this really really simplistic being of this is just some ai technology that is there to help and its only job is to help sam so that's what he does gertie just helps sam um so i just wrote down that i just i enjoyed that there was no unnecessary conflict imposed on the idea of the ai protecting a secret um Mm. that yeah just the fact that it was there and the fact that it was used in this kind of concept of a very realistic with um, the creation of AI robots that we have right now. Like you see a lot mm-hmm. of them. There's a lot of them out there where they're kind of, you know, they've got like there's a couple of ones with like skin and facial expressions and things like that. But in terms of what we're actually looking at, you are you know, it's cameras for eyes. It's um, sensors for tactile fingertips. The, yeah. the motion of a robotic arm to be able to do things audio to capture like it's it's just using data it's taking in data and sending out data and that's all it's doing and it's not right. trying to grow and learn and develop and it's not or, really or have an have an intention exactly so you don't think you don't think
0: Gertie felt bad you think Gertie was just there to help like yeah. he was just yeah, and I think it's actually, we could talk about artificial intelligence as well. I mean, good topic. But like the, the fact that AI, we call artificial intelligence at the moment and maybe forever is actually just going to be very well-built algorithms that have a lot of different functions built into them and many, many, many features that allow for a lot of flexibility. But um, I'm not super concerned about artificial intelligence or yeah. bad robots. That's not something I, I, that keeps me awake at night. I can't, I no. can't say that. <laughs> yeah, i think i think we're okay
1: for now anyway
0: <laughs> i think we're fine <laughs> yeah i like that the not the not a trope of the week is bad robot bad robot was not the trope of the week <laughs> yeah <laughs> the trope of the week for me is memory implantation
1: yes oh yes, yes.
0: that's okay. a huge one
1: good because
0: the clones have to have i want to take a line from blade runner and say it's like the emotional cushioning or whatever that, that that is needed for the clone to function as if they are a human being mm. um is memory implanting they need to feel like they're human with human memories and that's i'm not you know look that's yeah. what makes them like a person so the memory implanting and we can also talk about movie clones as well because do you remember the movie called multiplicity
1: oh i don't think it, no i didn't see it
0: <laughs> the best clone movie of all time oh, okay it's with michael keaton and and many Michael Keatons and (laughs) it's like about a a construction worker who who works he one of his jobs is in a science lab and the guy has figured out how to clone and he's accidentally cloning himself and there's many clones and the whole idea of clones having different personalities, right? Just like this movie, where the clones have different personalities and you can tell them apart. So yeah. multiplicity is like, is that on point, you know, they have many different personalities and then they, then there comes the part where there's the, someone clones a clone by accident. So that guy's a little bit off as well. So you have a bit of the off clone. But the thing about multiplicity that is so fucked up is that they all have sex with his wife. Oh no. And he says, don't have sex with my wife. And... <laughs> That's so dirty, and they all do. They will <laughs> oh, do it anyway, so and she's upsetting. unknowing. I mean, hello, that demands a rewatch. We yeah. need to rewatch that for twenty twenty. That one's
1: a remake.
0: So, oh my God, they're clones. all arrested. Oh, it's just terrible. as a as an impressionable young girl, oh, I mean. But
1: <laughs> well, that's the whole but, thing, isn't it? Because like in in reality, identical twins are clones. Like that's what they are. They are a clone. Like they're two clones Uh, Um, copies uh, but of course they develop with different personalities and have different experiences and you know I did did wonder I had a lot of questions about the memory implant thing about like can you even I kind of went through a few phases with it I was like would you even do that why would you do that well I suppose you'd need him to have the memory of the actions of doing his job Like he'd need to be able, the clone would need Mm. to be able to do the job on the station.
0: His programs to somehow. Yeah, but then I suppose
1: if you do the memory thing, I guess it's not like the Matrix. You can't just say, you know, here's the set, (laughs) upload it, that's all you need. It's like, no, here's all the memories, which means now we have to maintain your concept of having this wife and this child and...
0: Yeah, I think this movie works very well when you don't think about it all too much yeah. because they don't talk about it all too much. And it's something we've talked about in other episodes is when you, you want to set up a science fiction thing and, and just set it up and then the story begins. And if they don't go on about it too much, I I'm yeah. not going to go on about it too much, I think. Um, but, you know, like there are definitely a few things that fall apart on Inspection um in terms of the method of memory implantation i think there are a few movies which try to try to give us methodology um, i think one yeah. is the have. the island i i've watched the when oh my god the island is a movie when i was away in um i guess seminary <laughs> i was living in a dorm Wait, and the seminary? island don't worry about it don't worry about it (laughs) the island is one was one of the DVDs that we had and we didn't have a lot of DVDs and we just watched it so many times (laughs) it's a movie with with Ewan McGregor about clones and some hot person I can't remember which hot person it is but Ewan McGregor and a bunch of clones and they raise the clones from babies and when they're babies they basically play videos to the babies all day every day imagery to remind them of just so they feel like people and so they feel like they're on some special island they're on like a reality tv show so that's how they do the memories is that they as they raise the babies they play them the same things all day long yeah. and that's how they do it so there's all these you know methods of memory implanting and then obviously i don't know there's the movie Eter- eternal sunshine of a spotless mind where it's kind of memory erasing actually not Implanting, but it's when it's like this, this might be a good movie to do, but that that um, you have a really bad breakup and you want to erase the memory of the person from your life. You go to a company and they do it for you. And they actually show the way they do it. They have the geeks and they plug you into things and they have like a picture of your brain, which is kind of funny if you're in like brain, you know, brain <laughs> <Yeah>. science. <laughs> We're in brain, brain science. So for me, I was like... <laughs> yeah. The pictures of the brain, and they kind of find where the memories are in the brain, and they go, Gotcha! and then they delete it,
1: you know. So, <laughs> all I can think about is like just all of the CT scans that <laughs> scans, and <laughs> that. You're just like looking at <laughs> where's the
0: memory, looking <laughs> the at memory scans can, all day long. Memory? <laughs> it, <laughs> memory implanting, yeah, I think that's a huge movie, thing. yeah, okay. or true. Is it true? True lie, no. Is it True Lies? What's the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he has memories? No, it's not True, true Lies. Isn't it? <laughs> true Lies is a different one. Where yeah, isn't it? With like Jamie Lee
1: Curtis or something Stri- where they're basically it's like Mr. and Mrs. Smith before Yeah. The better version of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just to go on a tangent, you know when she does her striptease? Well, yeah. He, th- he basically is like, Do a striptease. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she does like a terrified striptease for him. She can't see that it's her husband. She thinks it's a scary man forcing her to strip. I mean, terrifying. Oh, yeah. First of all, back it's like another 90s... <laughs> <laughs> but she does the striptease in these crazy 90s underwear. And, like, it's just so good. <laughs> it's like my, Jamie Lee Curtis doing a striptease in True Lies is my spirit animal. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh wow. It's so funny. But no there's another Arnold Schwarzenegger movie which we don't have to keep going on about yeah okay movies, uh, let's, let's let's leave memories. the memory
1: implantation with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis doing a terrifying 90s striptease is your spirit animal Blade Runner we have yeah. to do
0: it yeah she, um, she has her memories one of them they sort of implanting memories so that they think that they're human it's like a newer yeah. version or something like that it's, it, there's a, it's like an incredible cruelty to what they do to Sam Bell yeah. it's so cruel and and when he realizes that he it is fake, I mean that it's so devastating. Yeah, it's so devastating, and you feel for him. It's just yeah. so so awful. And the way when he talks to Effie from Skins, uh, by the yeah. way, she has a credit. All the people that have credits in this movie who have very small appearances on Skypes on Skype calls. Yeah so interesting benedict wong is one of them he's a british actor he's what? he's in so many things
1: benedict wong he is in credit everything and his name came up at the start and i was like cool benedict wong is in it and then like the movie went on and i was it? like i didn't wait did you see where he was yeah he's in the V vi- so he's one of the company guys in the calls with yes. the company guys but it's like i was yes. like oh cool but I suppose it was nice so that they credits. were like look there's these other people that yeah. you know, oh my god comments. but and it is you're right from it's a Skins. Sam. it should have I think the credits should have just been Sam Rockwell and Sam Rockwell in Moon. Sam
0: Rockwell be, be real but they I, you know I you know, it sense maybe like the credit opening credits was kind of fucking with us a little bit mm. making us think that there were more people yeah but Effie from Skins that scene and he goes oh. and he goes um, first of all that when she reveals that it's her that's yeah. his daughter and he says that my mom died and the way she says sweetie yeah did mommy die like the way he says it like that he's yeah. processing everything on the spot and talking to her yeah and then she's getting a little bit weirded out by him i mean it's just yeah it just breaks oh, your heart it's we just... should
1: say that when they have that call the video link isn't working mm. well i mean you at that point Yeah, hopefully you should have seen the movie but yeah, when mm-hmm. he's talking to Effie, he can see her on the screen, but she can't see him. She just hears she this can't voice. See him. And she's not yeah, recognizing um. the voice as the same voice as her dad, because why would you? So like, uh, yeah. you know, he's saying, sweetie, what happened to mommy? What happened to mommy? And then she just turns around and says, dad, calls out dad. Someone's asking about mom. And you hear <sighs> Sam Bell's voice. And Sam Rockwell's yeah. accent, <laughs> it's so distinctive. That you yeah. don't even—it's not even a moment where you're like, oh, maybe it's, it's a like, dad or maybe it's this, like, or maybe it's that. You no. know, it's Sam Bell in the background. Yeah. Do you know what? No, that moment really got me. That like, uh, my heart drives. just like—I think me my just heart just, like, like drives could through through or something. Your heart. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He doesn't. And do you know what it says? He doesn't want to die. That's what it is. Yeah. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Why should I have to die? I think yeah. it's like—that's to me the the message of the movie yeah. is personhood all right yeah but personhood or just i don't want to die i don't want to die it's this idea of why do i have to die and i don't want to die and just the urgency of that with sam bell he doesn't he doesn't want to you know what i don't i don't want to die it's it rips your heart out it's absolutely devastating
1: it really is and and then the whole the whole ending thing being you know the the very sick sam bell kind of sacrifices himself. So that the newer Mm. one, the newer clone that's that's been woken up can leave. And he because they've got this thing where like they when they collect the deposits of the helium three and then they send it back to Earth. They've got like a what some sort of a launch thing. Yes. That they just shoot out from the moon and it goes back to Earth. So he basically does like a stowaway thing in it.
0: But, like, the yeah. newer
1: clone Sam Bell, he's trying to get... I don't know, is he trying to get both of them out? Or trying to get the sicker one? And it's, it's interesting, because there's never a moment within it where you feel like they're at odds with each other. I mean, a bit at the no. beginning, when they don't really know what's going um, on. They, they fight. They do yeah. Have this yeah, when they fight. don't really know what's going on, and yeah. there's a lot yeah. of confusion. But, like, it's not like one is trying to survive above the other. They don't yeah. fight with each other about who has a right to survive. That's right. They which immediately are just, like... Yeah, you know, we should not survive. a truck the week. But the guy who's sick not, yeah. and obviously like um, kind of disintegrating, I guess, mm. like, you know, he just knows he's not going to make it back. So he makes that sacrifice to, like, you know, put put me back in the truck so that when the rescue team come, they find me.
0: Stop for one second. Sorry. My fans and my computer are going apeshit. Oh. Is it raining? Ah, oh, pouring. OK, I'm sorry. So it's, for, so it's, for, it's OK. It's yeah. pouring. I thought it was my fans. Um, sorry, fine. Yeah. we've got some ambiance think, now in the
1: background, but just from back, the Australian side because it's pretty, pretty sunny over It'll here. It'll be like ASMR.
0: <laughs> the the Sams the Sams banding together, yeah. which is another not a trope of the week. There is a Paul Rudd clone movie, clone Netflix series, which yeah, I'm yeah, it's a TV series. I, haven't I started watched it to yet. watch it. Oh my God! No. It, the the pitch would have been like, Hey, what about if we had a show that was good Paul Rudd against bad Paul Rudd. No. And then it, it, it's terrible. So I mean, yeah, that's that's the only super basis tropey, for that is it, just
1: loving Paul Rudd.
0: I love Paul Rudd, but I mean, this yeah. movie, they don't they don't trope it out. They just have the clones bound together in their yeah. humanity. Yeah. They don't want to they don't want to die.
1: And it's beautiful um, and they're not trying to they're not trying to like and only at the last minute does he jump back out and send the harvester to crash into the communications tower, which then allows for the communications to come back to the station. So the the new clone who is now being woken up and doesn't know anything about what's going on and is just being woken up as Sam, oh, there was an accident. um, It's just so that he now, there is a live satellite feed and they can expose everything. And I liked that bit that you said about him having the cameo in mute because that told you that when Sam Bell got back to Earth, it wasn't Mm. like he was just trying to hide or it didn't become this whole like clones on the run. It became this whole thing about, no, this is this movie is about big corporation screwing over the little guy to make money. And that's really what it is. That's where we are. But we're doing it in a science fiction setting on the moon so yeah in it's not
0: about clones it's about the it's about the man and the things yeah. it's it's about the big corporations and the things that they do um and they can do not give a shit about who yeah. is impacted on a human level and that's what it's i guess what's it about but it's just a deeper message of of humanity
1: but and then that makes me question the humanity of the original sam bell
0: who allowed himself to be cloned? Yeah, he could have been. He was he a minor originally? We we don't really know. Like he yeah. could have been paid, or but also uh, we don't want to get just too back into it. Because then he starts to think about like, did that whole company like low key develop cloning?
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> on their own. Well, really, really, when we're talking about this, and then so if that if we move into our next section, which is the science as a theme within the movie, like the environment of it, yeah. and the scientists. But we're not really talking about a scientist here. We're talking about a space miner or, like, a space farmer. But, so, yeah, what's your... Go on. (laughs) What's my... Well, I I actually
0: think this is about... This is about a scientist. It's it's an analogy for the reality (laughs) of science, which is boredom, repetitiveness... (laughs) by yourself and we can have a specific talk about working in silo scientists working on their own but graduate research repetitively taking samples sending them away the days bleed into each other And the fact that it's the end of his three-year stint. I don't think that's a coincidence, Abby. Oh, that's why you said
1: at the start, coming towards (laughs) the end of his PhD. I want to talk about the end Ah. of PhDs.
0: Because, and also, when you're in science and it's so, like, repetitive, and you're like, is this science? Yeah. (laughs) Is this what it is? Repeating an action? And the answer is... Yes. Sometimes it is, especially (laughs) for the little guys. Mm. This is what it is. You're going to a remote... No, not for everybody, but I'm sure there are many scientists who go to a remote location who are posted in a remote location collecting shit and sending it back and keeping themselves busy. There are people like that. But specifically, I really want to talk about the end of PhDs because I actually have a friend. Her name is Julia. Shout out to Julia. She's just handed in her PhD last week, right? And and that shit is harsh. Mm -hmm. The last... Two weeks of your PhD are so horrific from a mental point of view, from a mental health point of view. And I really related heavily to Sam. (laughs) There are two weeks, and when you were talking about in the beginning, you were saying, it's just two weeks left. Like, why isn't it just? And I was thinking, like, I was thinking back to the trauma of the last two weeks of my PhD. I was remembering my mental breakdown. So I knew I had to finish writing, but I would end up seeing till 11. Staring at the wall, getting takeout. So basically I knew all the takeout places that were open past midnight till 2 a.m. Like I knew <laughs> what the latest possible takeout was that I could possibly get. And I'd get that 11. Then I'd get more takeout at like 1 in the morning. Oh and, then I, I, and then at 2 I'd go, oh, I haven't done anything. You know, I'd let me just sleep. At least I'll sleep. And then I'd get up in the morning and start the whole process again. Do nothing till 11, get more takeout, get takeout again. And then say, let me sleep. it's just it's just it's just the worst and I want to say to all people in their PhD is that if you need a break for mental health take a break and I know I'm (laughs) I'm literally
1: sat here right now just going I'm super excited about the future (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 I don't know what to say. I mean, it's three yeah. fucking years of the same thing. I mean, wow. It's it's not one year. It's three years, and and by the end of it, you don't want to look. It's really pouring. I have to think of a solution about this. But no, end of PhD is so brutal yeah. because of what it does to your mind. That I felt like this movie was a heavy metaphor for for that. But, That's you know, really the, the, interesting
1: that you caught that. I didn't. I didn't. It didn't, but yeah. I suppose that's because like I haven't gone through that experience yet. I haven't reached the end of a PhD yet. So. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we'll come I mean, back in a few years time see. and we can talk about it again. <laughs> you'll see. We what can it's come like. back while I'm I, going I, uh, through
1: it. We'll see what state I'm in. Oh made. my god. We can do some. I'll do some live stories in those two weeks.
0: <laughs> you just shout out to everybody. Yeah, the, when I did my when I finished my first full draft, I did a seven hour push in a in a cafe called einstein's actually huh? the cafe it was
1: called einstein's
0: oh my god <laughs> i'm such a loser it's not even no, normal
1: it's
0: good to... i sat in i sat in the cafe for seven hours straight and mm-hmm. ordered one fruit after the other and i and i did it and i finished it mm-hmm. and i mean it was just brutal it killed yeah.
1: me it i knew a guy me. who <laughs> yeah. uh one of the guys at my old university um he's one of the phd students one of the tutors, and super smart, super helpful. I did a lot of work in our like student lab as well, just like little side experiments and stuff. And he would be in there all the time making like just random little things, making, making a 3D printer, making this and making that whilst doing his PhD. And this dude literally like submitted his PhD. I think the deadline was 12pm and he submitted at 1157
0: that makes so much sense to me because yeah. I, I think it's done at the last second for everyone.
1: The administrators in the office were just like, I've never been so stressed out in my life to see that timestamp. <laughs> <laughs> but like I yeah. was like remembering like submitting my even like my bachelor's project and my literature review and my master's project deadlines, like, oh my god, I was the same. It was like eleven fifty eight I submitted yeah. my master's project and I was I like I cannot tell you level of panic sweats and my heart and you're just sat there and you're just like just Ugh. i just need like i need it to click you're like you're just and waiting for it to tick it's like just just tick yeah. tick i don't need wi-fi to crash out right now i don't need my computer to stall i don't need there to be an error with Ugh. my latex file like just what just click just like, I was going to ask,
0: are you a last minute person? Because when I was yeah. working with you, I feel like you're actually super conscientious and not a last minute person. I I'm didn't get that impression from you. i super
1: organized.
0: Okay, you are organized. I
1: am super organized. And, and I put a lot of work into, try. but I think it's more learned. Like, I'm getting better. I don't want to be yeah. a last minute person, but I'm a pressure person. 100%. I work yeah. so much better when I have pressure on me. When I know that I'm like, yeah. I have to do this, then I will do it and I will focus hardcore and I will get it done. But I struggle with, you know, spacing it out over time so that I don't get to that point, like you're saying, to sit there in a cafe for seven hours. But I, I do. I would get to that point and I would yeah. do a second. Yeah, me again. too.
0: Yeah. I've never improved myself. I, I used don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know what's wrong with me. When I was doing my, I
1: yeah, no, I was doing my <laughs> master's, I remember I used to go to every exam. Cause I had, mm-hmm. I still had, so I still had exams and I came out of my exams and there was like a little Sainsbury's local around the corner from the train station. And after every exam, I'd go around to the little Sainsbury's local, I'd get a Diet Coke, a pot noodle, a baguette, and about four or five bags of like just one pound bags of jellies, sweets. And I'd yeah, go home. jellies, my God. Yeah, I'd I go feel home you. and I'd have the pot noodle and the baguette and the Diet Coke as my, after doing my exam treat. And then I'd get back into, like, working working on my project and working on my um, working on my like my thesis. Well, what, yeah. what, do you, what do you call it uh, as a master's? It's very strange. It's like a s- thesis, yeah. Dissertation yeah. Dissertia- thesis. Yeah, so I'm uh, working yeah. on that for... I go back to working on that, and I just have this tin. I got this big... Um, so basically, I got this big candy tin in TK Maxx, and it's it's like a biscuit tin, and it's got this huge lid and this huge candy pictures on the outside and i used to empty and tip all of the sweet packets into it until it was full and i would just walk around my house with the tin cradled in my arm just eating the sweets and that was the only way i got through it you know
0: i have a lot of dental problems because of this (laughs) i'm serious i used to eat a lot of that in a lot of um in my undergrad actually a lot of jelly bellies from costco the whole thing get a big tin (laughs) I, I'm still paying for it. I guys, guys, yeah. take care of your teeth. Take care of yourselves. Yeah. Seriously.
1: Get some fruit.
0: Um. Speaking of self-loathing, yeah, like the deadline thing. I don't know how much better I would be if I didn't behave that way with deadlines. Mm. I just compulsively work under pressure, and yeah, I, I, it's just you just hate yourself. I think when yeah. it comes down to that point of the deadlines and what's wrong with me
1: <laughs> but does it work for you that's the thing it's like there's behaviors that we need to learn but then there's no. behaviors that work for us and other people may not get it but it's like it actually this actually brings us back into the movie a little bit because when you look at the the behaviors what between movie? the two sams you know the, you know the movie we're talking about you no know what we're here to talk about <laughs> But the behaviours between the two Sams, like, one Sam has a learned behaviour because he's been there for three years, he is familiar with the environment and the isolation and the boredom and he knows how to react, whereas the other Sam, like, doesn't get it, he's just like, oh, wants more action, wants more movement and wants to push things forward a bit more, whereas the other guy is just, like you said, he's got his moccasins and he's sat in his chair and... Tinkering away with his little model while yeah. New Sam yeah. is just like, what the fuck are you doing? Just sitting around there, dude. And he I guess that's it. it. It's it's so interesting because you know it's it's two clones of the same people but just at different points, and you just see how they're different at behaviors different points in their lives. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I heard a really good fact about this movie, which is that they had so much take Chinese takeout while they were uh, making the movie that it's takeout. It's their actual takeout boxes. Sam's food. That's stacked in the kitchen are, are the empty takeout boxes.
1: I read that Just as well. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah.
0: That's so relatable. Well, they suppose because right? it's on such like a
1: low budget as well. It was a low budget. Yeah.
0: Even though he's David Bowie's son, he was like, Dad. Yeah. David Bowie was like, you need to make a man out of yourself. <laughs> I'm not doing this. not enabling you. Wow. Yeah, like it, he was on a low budget. Um, and I think they spent half the budget on the music. And the other <laughs> half of the budget on this set which yeah. is a 3d set yeah they have a three-dimensional set so they can see every angle that set is magnificent yes. i'm now like it's starting getting a bit drunk at this point okay all right um, we better hurry it up then, because reed
1: has been panned in the wine i haven't had anything to drink yet i was gonna have a gin and tonic but um maybe i should go and make next it, time to, maybe, Abby, I should, no, maybe i should I go, mean, go and make myself a gin and tonic
0: let's put, let, let go
1: Okay, so we're back. I have my gin and tonic. We're back.
0: We're back. You've got your gin and tonic. Mm -hmm. Because now what time is
1: it in London? Uh, It is 2 p.m. and it's a Saturday afternoon, so I can totally have a gin and tonic.
0: I love Saturdays. Mm -hmm. Saturdays are the best because you know you have another weekend ahead of you
1: another day sundays yeah.
0: i spent another weekend day oh okay. sorry i'm drunk sundays i always spent in a bit of a panic because of all the things i didn't do on saturday because yeah. i was so busy enjoying the fact that it wasn't sunday
1: oh i'm so on for this idea of a three-day weekend <laughs> wouldn't it be so lovely yeah. friday you just get all your stuff done saturday you have a fun day and sunday you just chill out and get yourself ready to start work again on monday so when we talk about the actual science of this movie. So I tacked down that I reckon that there's three topics that we need to discuss. We've got the main obvious one, which is the mining of the helium three on the moon as a clean energy source. Then we've got like the central concept that occurs as a direct result of the first action. Firstly, we've got cognitive effects of isolation and loneliness on astronauts. And then we've got the banger, which is the use of clones as disposable workers. So where would you like to start? Should we start with the helium three concept? yes i don't feel because i don't feel like this movie had an actual here comes the science bit
0: here's a movie that didn't bang us over the head with its science so this is a movie this is an example to all science fiction movies not to smash the viewer over the head with scientific explanations which are by and large incredibly boring they're boring to laymen and they're painful to scientists so (laughs) Take an example from this movie, it doesn't smash over the head with it. Mm-hmm. So there isn't a Here Come the Science Miss. There's, there's a great twist, but it, there is a lot of science in the background. Yeah. Um, and we can talk about that. Do you, do, you, do you want to talk about the helium-3, or should I?
1: You, you go ahead. This is your movie choice. Okay. It's a thing.
0: Yeah. It's really a thing. Yeah. So it's a stable isotope of helium. And there is actually a lot of speculation that it might be a possible future energy source. So this is a thing. And there is more on the dark side of the moon than on the mm. not dark side of the moon. Would that be called the light side of <laughs> the moon? The brighter side of the moon? Yeah. So so the, the, it's a fu- fusion reaction and it releases large amounts of energy. But it isn't radioactive in that particular process. But what I did read uh, was that it, it's... Um, you need huge amounts of heat in order to actually um, generate that energy and yeah. that can cause some problems. Yeah, Fusion so, is something
1: that we haven't cracked yet because the energy required to input into cause a fusion reaction that would then give you the energy like a high energy output is higher yeah. than anything that we can. <laughs> so can I, I tell really you what about- that? Yes, please. No, I was I wanna gonna say do. I want to tell you a fun fact that I read. I yes. don't know if you came across it. Um, about that, you, you probably will have come across this, that after the movie premiered, NASA requested a special screening with Duncan Jones. I don't know if Sam Rockwell was there as well. But they did a screening of the movie at NASA, and NASA asked, they had a Q&A with him afterwards, and asked him where he got his ideas for things. And it was Mm. just really cool because they were like, where did you get your idea for mining on the moon? And he said that he got it from a book by Robert Zubrin, which is called Entering Space, which is about how you could financially justify colonizing the solar system. And he said that there was a chapter on colonizing the moon and using helium three as a source for fusion power. And that's basically where he got the idea from it. And when the guys at NASA asked him, why did you choose to do it on the dark side of the moon? It says that there's more helium. did you say that, did you just say there was more helium on the dark side of the moon?
0: Yeah there is more helium on the dark side of the right. moon. that's true.
1: Oh I thought well this this one here says there's more helium on the near side
0: Well anyway, i might he, be wrong Okay <laughs> So Wikipedia says
1: oh says more no no you're a scientist okay, and you're referencing Wikipedia. how dare you? All day every day baby. <laughs> okay anyway we'll <laughs> we'll come back to that but what I liked Impressed. about it was he was asked and he said that when you start harvesting helium-3 you're scooping up the first few inches of the lunar regolith which is like the the kind of the, the base, dust. yeah um and bringing it to the harvesting machine cooking it to release a gas that you're going to store and then you're kicking the detritus out the back sorry it's a word that I struggle with saying for some reason Because it's going through the cooking process, there will be chemical changes which may affect the color of the regolith and that's going to affect possibly the reflectivity of what's kicked out. And if you haven't done it before, you're going to be doing it on a large scale, literally changing the reflectivity of the moon and that's going to Mm -hmm. affect wildlife or all sorts of things back here on Earth. And do you really want to take the risk of doing that on the near side before you've done it on the far side to actually see what's going to happen? And that was his argument for basing it on the dark side of the moon and the people at NASA thought that that was a really good argument. I loved uh, it! I just read I that, that and I was just like, this is a dude who like, it's a filmmaker who, like he thought so much about this. Now, to he be fair, a good
0: smart-ass answer. he has a
1: degree in philosophy and he did start a PhD and then left it towards the uh, like a couple of years in so i think your argument about the the phd environment concept is very very close to so, but reality. he never got
0: to the end he left so I had it yeah he it's just like. decided
1: to um he yeah, to leave it but but yeah i just i just really appreciated like the fact that the amount of thought that he took in i just thought it was really cool yeah. point that he made
0: that point it's like it's like he made he had just enough thought about it yeah what i'm saying just enough and not too much and that's the magic of the movie i think that the it's very simple it's very simple yeah they kind of go we're we're mining on the moon there's clones they they set it up it's incredibly simple the way they set up all of these futuristic ideas and this science fiction And, and and even the clones when they finally see the clones they open up the drawer and it's just Clone. Yeah. it isn't overly sophisticated it's simplistic is a clone in a drawer whatever yeah. i'm sure he has an explanation about how it's being kept in the drawer and but it doesn't matter he the thing is they don't waste much time on it it's super simple and i appreciate that a lot it's very rare in science fiction movies for them to underplay yeah <clears throat> as opposed to using the science fiction uh as an attraction itself right yeah. and using the flash bang of the new flashy science fiction on to draw audiences he makes that super simple and goes straight to the human side of things um
1: yeah so in terms of like the the cognitive behavior side like the psychological effects on astronauts and stuff Mm. like that and the isolation and and even when he's talking into the videos about just kind of saying like you know i need i need to i need a live link like i need to speak to somebody in real time these video, like thinking that you can just send an astronaut a video and that that's going to be enough do you know and it has these implications for sending people to the moon to a base and even more so sending people to mars because it's a seven month trip hmm. to mars
0: uh, do you know it's actually a really good cool point because the science and i won't talk about scientists for a second as well the whole idea of a scientist working in silo is like very out of fashion. Because that used to be very typical for scientists to work in silo, and you have this picture of the crazy scientist working obsessively on one thing. It's no longer in uh, in fashion. The collaborative research is now the thing. Yeah, It's not good for someone to sit and go crazy on the same topic. Working on your own, I think you need those other voices in general around you to, to sort of... Re- be able to to talk through things i think it's a very basic human thing and the idea of it working in silo is really outdated and it's damaging and it shouldn't be done
1: the thing is science is about exploration and scientific research is about exploration of new ideas and new topics and that's fine if you want to go back 100 years and you you know einstein and newton and all these people uh okay more than 100 years for newton but you know what i mean but talking about these people where they had an idea but these were very basic ideas and fundamental ideas for us in science there's there's foundational steps and as we have evolved and as our technology and our scientific methods have evolved and how we do exploration it becomes more collaborative but even mm-hmm. when they were doing their research and you know setting up their labs on their own and having all these experiments and having all these different ideas they weren't they were working alone but they weren't they were communicating with other people that's what you always hear about the letters that these guys would write to each other mm. to discuss topics yeah. and theories and ideas and arguments Contembers. they would have and and things like that because you have to have that whether you have someone who yeah. agrees with you or disagrees with you you need somebody to provide some sort of a bounce back to help yeah. you develop your thoughts develop your theories develop your ideas and especially now that we're all doing scientific experiments and or scientific research using technologies and methods that we're not used to or we're not trained to use then you need more collaboration with other people to kind of help you learn and develop and grow as well as progress the science i just i couldn't work alone
0: Cloning though (laughs) oh well cloning yeah <laughs> where are we on cloning i, I mean like, where are do you do you know where humans are on cloning? i do at the
1: we're not yeah. doing Tell it <laughs> no we are well no there's a couple of things to do with cloning so i've got some notes about it um uh, let me just have a look so there are three different cl- types of cloning we've got gene cloning reproductive cloning and therapeutic cloning now we all know about dolly the sheep she was cloned she existed as a live sheep but what was interesting about DALI was that the thing is, that's reproductive cloning, right? Sorry, I should say. Gene cloning is where you produce copy of genes and segments of DNA. So that's used in a lot of research. So it does actually happen quite a lot where they do that because it allows you to have a set of like duplicate genes so you can you know do research and experiments, I guess, where you can have a bit more validity to your results. Reproductive and therapeutic cloning then are more about, they're a little bit more, not taboo, that's not the word, but reproductive cloning is when you produce a copy of a whole animal. And then therapeutic cloning is where you produce the embryonic stem cells for experiments. They're the ones that are aimed at tissues to replace injured and diseased tissues. So there is a lot of like stem cell research. We've we've all heard about it, I'm sure. And that is something that takes place. The reproductive cloning, so the idea of this movie, um, is the thing that happened when Dolly was cloned as a sheep, we all know about Dolly but the thing with doing reproductive cloning is that it depends at what stage you take the cells from so you're essentially creating a replication of this other being using their cells at the time that you take the cells that you use but you're growing them from birth You're implanting these cells into an egg, you're creating like an embryo, you're creating uh, a being that then has to be born and then grow and exist. So the problem and it's it's shown with Dolly is like the relative age of the cloned cells chromosomes. So as your cells go through your rounds of division, which is what happens to us continuously throughout our life, the telomeres, which are the tips of your chromosomes, shrink. But over time, they become so short that the cell can't divide anymore, the cell dies. It's a part of the natural aging process and it happens in all cell types. But that means that when you create a clone from a cell that's taken from an adult, as they were for Sam, the chromosomes are already shorter than normal. So that means that you are already condemning your clothes to a shorter cell to a shorter lifespan. So that would explain why they could only survive for three years. So it, there is a reality in there, like Dolly the sheep was cloned from the cell of a six year old sheep and had chromosomes that were shorter than those of other sheep her age. So when Dolly actually died when she was six, which is the half of the average of a sheep's 12 year lifespan. So the concept that Sam would kind of degrade like is in reality with cloning. But
0: mm.
1: the thing with cloning is that for humans, it's actually a lot more difficult than it is for animals, and it's to do with um, something to do with this thing called spinal protein, spindle proteins that are connected to an egg's nucleus. So it's really hard to separate them out, and it's really difficult to do it in humans, which is why one of the reasons we haven't done it, and the second reason we haven't done it is because it's completely unethical. Like why would you you clone a human being? Other Mm. than for what this movie is doing, which is to have disposable workers. Yeah, there's no other reason to clone a human being because you're you're creating a clone of a person who will grow throughout life and have completely different experiences, different memories, different ideas, different um, personalities. So why would you why would you create a clone just to have And it's not even guaranteed that a clone is going to look identical to the to the being that it's been cloned from. No. So it makes no sense. That we already have just... a reproductive system. I think we're OK. <laughs> <laughs> but that's do you know what true, a fun fact about the cloning thing though is there yeah. is um this is this is something that's just a bit crazy in 2002 a religious group called ClonAid um, that, uh, they're a group that believes that humans were created by extraterrestrials they had a news conference and announced the birth of what they claimed to be the first cloned human which was a girl that they called Eve but repeated requests by research community news media they have never provided any evidence to confirm the existence of this clone but they've also stated that they have um that there are, they've also stated that there's 12 other human clones that they have created i'm obsessed with this i love it ridiculous why did they call her eve oh come on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's sorry yeah, that so I that's my bit on cloning but i but i know your yeah. your thing was cloning though it <laughs> does that cloning though is the is the does the cloning um is your reaction to the cloning a bit more related to our um does this lead us into <laughs> our next segment
0: yeah okay well, i reckon it does well
1: then let's play some music
0: let's play let's, some music if I can.
1: what the nah. f- what the what the fuck
0: the moon, Cows! It it's the moon! So, so as
1: you can tell, Frida has made us a what the fuck um, jingle, which we have used in the last two episodes, but this is the first time we've recorded where we've actually had it with us, so we've We're not talking. had a reaction to it before, and she just said this to me, and I was like... <laughs> the the moon's uh, in the background, just...
0: <laughs> I don't know what... Do you know what inspired me to do it? What? I feel like every time I open my mouth, I dig myself deeper and deeper into a nerd hole. <laughs> like, but I, but what inspired me to do it was Weird Al Yankovic's cover of "Smells Like Teen Spirit." Oh my god! He uses like animal sounds. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what the fuck? So, as you yeah, might have yeah, noticed, what the, 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 the other saying. episodes. <laughs> what the fuck we added the what the fucking post in the last ones so we haven't been able to like have a moment to talk about to talk about it here we go okay what the fuck yeah do do you have a what the fuck moment i do but it was hard it was hard because it's a good movie yeah so i didn't feel that way at any point in the movie i didn't feel like what the fuck
1: was there anything but was there anything whether it was good or bad that like mm. what, what was silk so one? What's what's your moment? What did you pick for it?
0: I could talk about ping pong table armature, but I just appreciate those more than anything. My big like whole what the fuck thing about the movie is that please, are you telling me that this company, low-key, developed cloning <laughs> illegally, and found it was cheaper to keep clones. How many clones were there? A hundred 50 50 coins. let's just say, underground in an underground cavern that is completely refrigerated and stayed there for as long as they needed it. Are you telling me that that was easier than just transporting people back and forth? Because we know that people can be transported back and forth with ease, with the fucking... Rocket, because he did it. He got in the rocket and went back to Earth, and we know he made it because you heard the voices of him giving a congressional thing and people yelling, "Oh, he's an illegal immigrant. He's a he's a nutbag. Whatever it is." So with ease, he took him three days. He got in the rocket, and they're sending the helium three in the rocket anyway. We know it's easy. They showed us on the film you're really telling me that I should believe that it was somehow cheaper for them to just keep refrigerated clones? Because that would have taken a lot of energy as well.
1: Yeah, I feel like it was a bit of a metaphor for disposable workers in these types of environments and big corporations reaping the benefits and not really caring about the effect that it has on the people that are doing the actual work for them
0: yeah see abby you are uh, yes you're much you're very articulate <laughs> yes that is what it is it's a metaphor for disposable workers and even if we can get into specifics yeah. minors yeah yeah minors as well well disposable lungs disposable minors. yeah
1: so shall we segue into my what the fuck moment there as you said if you you feel that i'm being articulate do you know who do you know who's had a very interesting use of how they were being articulate yeah. Good old Gertie and their emojis. Um, oh. Why? Yeah. I mean, 2009, I guess the time period. But, like, I didn't hate it because I loved this movie so much that finding a what-the-fuck moment for this movie was actually difficult. So I do think it's hilarious that we're only, like, three movies in and we were like, oh, shit. Couldn't really find a what-the-fuck moment. But I, I couldn't help it. I was like I was watching it and then like the you know, the, the deadpan face or the sad face or the little tear or the happy smile. And I was just like, What is happening? Oh my god. Why? Oh shit, why why is because funny? I just I just thought if Moon was
0: updated for twenty twenty, the only thing that would change is emojis. Yeah. Why didn't they have the la- why didn't Gertie have the laughing with crying?
1: The poo emoji? <laughs> So, so now what we have Ooh, to the dancing do. Girl, the dancing girl in the red dress.
0: <laughs> so now all we have to do is we need to you know, on, our, on our socials we need to have we need to take Gertie pictures and update them with different emojis. Oh my god. <laughs> our episodes are dancing yeah. on Gertie <laughs> <laughs> Emojis. there was something so I couldn't put my finger on it because when Gertie responds with a tear, it's just so, I know he's a robot, so I'll, I'll forgive him that. Whoever played him, I don't know, I can't, I some, can't remember. Some, some dude, I, we just, yeah, some, some, some monotone disembodied um,
1: voice that doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, so he has his tear. It's just such a sociopathic yeah. way to respond. <laughs> it is. It does remind me personally in my life of times that someone is telling me something super sad and I go yeah. in my head, I'm like, make sad Sad face (laughs) sad face reader, sad face and i kind of go is it sad enough you know like there are i related in a little bit to that kind of awkwardness of sad face um but i think that's it that's the what the fuck
1: yeah so final verdicts well i mean the first one the first one is pretty clear um like did the movie pass the bechdel test
0: We can give this one a pass. Yeah, I mean, we don't need to, yeah. I mean, don't need to didn't, talk about it.
1: <laughs> it didn't, but at the same time, because of the setup and the way the movie is constructed and the way the casting is done in the movie, I don't really feel like it's an issue in any way, shape, or form for this movie. So I think we just need to... That's a it's skip. a good
0: movie, but yeah. again... I,
1: it's, a, it's a skip on that It's
0: question. a good movie, but Abby, like, I do just want to see more stories with women. God damn it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I appreciate the fact that these are good movies... But I'm getting so tired of like all the movies I've ever seen being stories about men. Yeah. And I, I really just want to see sh- different sorts of representations on film. I really do. Yeah. But I, I do yeah. love this movie regardless. Uh, I'm well, not going to judge it on that factor. The only not problem with it.
1: that is that as we move forward, more stuff and newer stuff and more recent stuff that comes out, we will be able to have that. But the more we talk about yep. older movies and movies made... You know, a that's couple of right. years ago, we're just, we're going to keep coming up and facing that problem. And I'm just saying this because, mm. you know, just preempt for what life. the next movie's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I know, so, but it's, okay. it's something yeah. I'm really,
0: I am really waking up to this. Okay. I have to say, oh. I'm really waking up to the fact that the movies, the stories are just told about men yeah. and it's, it's well, good.
1: We should wake up to it and then we should shout about it, which was what we're doing. So yeah. That's great. Well, question number two, Definitely. did it pass the here comes the science bit?
0: I think in terms okay. of like science in the movie, I think it's like done wonderfully as well as a science fiction can ever hope to do. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be fantastical elements to a science fiction movie. Yeah. Um, but this is as good as it gets, I would say.
1: Yeah, I agree. In my in
0: my view. So pass. Uh, I give it a... Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And what is Sorry. your final verdict? Five out
0: of five. Yes. Yes. I love this movie. I don't. I want to be generous. Agreed. I don't think it. Like it's just, but but like this movie, it. Although like yeah, no, I love this movie. It doesn't. It doesn't give us. You know, we are gonna like actually watch science on film and, and some of our movies coming up definitely so we'll see a little bit more of the representation of a scientist so we didn't he didn't challenge us in that regard but in terms of using science as a basis for a storytelling mm. loved it yeah loved it recommend this movie to our children our children's children <laughs> and our children's children's children
1: and give sam rockwell all the awards for always and ever yes
0: yeah for doing for carrying a whole movie on his own oh, so good well done, sir.
1: so good but yeah, I agree. Yeah. I go, I I would give a five out of five as well. Um, Wonderful. For, for all Great. Of so.
0: Yes. So within, last week was was like a one, half a star for Spiderman. Yeah. <laughs> so that was our pilot concert. Abby, Abby, you're choosing the movie for next week. I am. What is the movie for next week? For the ne- for in, in, two time, in two weeks time.
1: Remember. In two weeks time. Excuse me. <laughs> our next movie. So um, we had a chat about it before we started recording. I was struggling a little bit to try to find something that was going to encompass a little bit of fun and enjoyment but it's a movie that we like so i'm going to bring us back up into something a little bit more fun a little bit less thought provoking but still a movie that i think we uh, we all enjoy very much and i'm very excited so our movie is going to be independence day yay
0: I'm very excited independence day has has been since i was very young one of my favorite movies of all time
1: <laughs> i don't
0: understand why i still don't yeah what is the magic of that movie
1: i'm not, I'm not i mean I it's, know oh, we know why. what the magic of the movie is it's will smith and jeff Goldblum. Smith, That's literally jeff <laughs> what the magic is and space and Bill Pullman. Come on, what more do you Bill want? Bill Pullman.
0: It's such a good movie, and I can't wait to revisit it yeah. and and really try to get into what makes it so good. That movie was really, really meant a lot to me when I was little. Yeah, so I too. can't wait, and I'm really excited for your film choice. Yeah,
1: I'm so excited. No, I'm. And actually, I
0: think the release day of this episode is. Oh yes, yeah, sorry. Yes, yeah,
1: so that was the thing. That was why, I, if. If we could have, if we could have, uh, redone things, I would have chosen this episode for the week that this, um, so, uh, uh, yes, this week is the week of July 4th, the week that you are listening to Moon, um, is, has been released in that week, so yeah, Independence Day.
0: Independence Day, not that we care. Yeah,
1: I mean not 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 that we shit on it for americans but you know just we don't care yeah yeah but we're just not
0: it would be weird if we did a special july 4th episode abby okay so i think it's apropos that we're doing a special after the fact july 4th episode it's an afterthought post july 4th because because it's not really in our collective psyches Yeah, well, we're, you know, but I can't wait for what special episodes we can do yeah. as we go on with this podcast. Yeah. I'm super excited for our special episodes. But next time we get to go into Jeff Goldblum as the hipster Jewish scientist. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> He is He is a god to us. Uh, thank you for Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. This was, this you know, this was our introduction to him. Yeah. I can't wait for next week. Yes. Um, so yeah. So
1: if you would like to join us in two weeks time and we will talk about Independence Day please do. If you would like to get in contact you can email us on scienceatthemovies at gmail.com or you can catch us on Instagram at scienceatthemovies Thank you so much Woo. Thank you See you next yeah. time I, I started to
0: get actually started to get super nauseous <gasps> and then I looked at how much of the wine bottle that I had drunk and I looked in it and I was like Oh yeah, I'm throwing up tonight.